the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com. He's right. I was wrong. I was overconfident in the procedures that the FBI and Justice had built over 20 years. I thought they were robust enough. It's incredibly hard to get a FISA. I was overconfident in those because he's right. There was real sloppiness. 17 things that either should have been in the applications or at least discussed and characterized differently. It it was not acceptable. Uh, Mr. Comey, you're, you're lying. Don't be acting like... This is all a surprise to you. You sat there with that dumb smirk on your face while you were being interviewed uh, in prime time on 60 Minutes and other places, uh, thinking that the maybe the FISA materials would never be made public. Maybe the IG's report was somehow going to miss the fact that you were involved in all this. But what arrogance, uh, Jim Comey, uh, in the news uh, cycle. We, we've got a lot to get to. Molly Hemingway is, uh, I forget which editor she is. She's, but Molly, what are you at the Federalist? You're not the, are you the executive editor? You're not the editor-in-chief. Senior, senior editor. Senior editor. Well, I know one thing. When we have all the uh, all the writers that are on at the Federalist, they all talk about Molly in very hushed tones. You know, oh, well, Molly gave her blessing on this, and Molly said that, and, and we, we appreciate uh, that reverence and respect around these parts. Hey, welcome back. It's good to have you. I don't think that we've chatted, you and I, since the uh, public uh, proceedings went forward, back when the polls actually said uh, maybe we want to look into what the president did. Polls are saying now move on. Uh, but last night, I'm, I'm, I'm walking from the living room into the kitchen, and the uh, the Channel 8, Channel 7, uh, ABC News at, at 11 pr- uh, promo comes on during the sound of music. And it says, uh, tomorrow, b- Washington bracing for the, uh, you know, bombshell, uh, whatever is going to happen in impeachment this week. I looked at my wife and I said, bombshell, uh, bracing? Is this really where we're at? Molly, uh, your take on uh, where we're at with impeachment. Well, we uh, this is the second impeachment drama I've been through, and I would say there's no comparison to the to the last one with Bill Clinton, which really did kind of grip the nation in part because of the subject matter, the overall subject matter. It was a bipartisan impeachment. There was real debate, and there were real crimes that were being discussed. And this is just not that way at all. It's a confusing topic. There were there are actually quite a few days of hearings that people seem to lose interest in fairly quickly. And what's interesting is what you want to have if you're a Democrat is start with a real broad bipartisan base of support for impeachment and then watch it just grow and grow and grow, steadily ticking up. You can count on the media to help you. You know, that's what should have been happening. And instead, it's flat or even losing support uh, after litigation of the under underlying issues. And so this is something of a disaster for Democrats in that they haven't built, you know, they should have had massive amounts of growth in 
um, in the case for impeachment, and they got none. And they're even losing, you know, they're losing a member this week, which I can't, you know, I think that's not not good news for them. They have a member switching parties, right? So not going not going as well as they probably had hoped. So here's or here's the thing. Led to believe by the media. So here's the thing I'm really curious about then, Molly, and I floated this idea in my column yesterday, but I, I haven't talked to anybody uh, certainly that I respect as much as you about it. But I have to think that Pelosi was around when you and I were covering the Clinton impeachment. She she saw what happened. She knows what the score was. And she tried to hold this off uh, for the better part of this first term. Uh, They win the majority in 18. She loses control of her caucus. It takes her four or five months to get everybody in line. And by the time they did, the squad and others had gone out there and made this such a big issue that the base is now, you know, ravenously salivating for it. But isn't this kind of, um, well, I called it a suicide pact. Isn't this the death of the Democrats in uh, in 2020? If you have those magic 31 seats, as they're continuing to be referred to, with people like Josh Gottheimer in New Jersey 5 and Max Rose in New York 11 that said, no, 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 we won't impeach, we promise. And if we do, it'll only be overwhelming, and it'll only be bipartisan, and it'll only be this and that. And these are districts that Trump won solid. Uh, they're going to vote for Trump, I think, in bigger numbers than they did the last go around. What happens to those Magic 31? I actually am not sure it's going to be that bad for Democrats in those districts. Some of them, obviously, it's bad, and that's why you're seeing you know, members switching parties and stuff like that. I just don't think people care enough about the issue, and it's been a foregone conclusion that Donald Trump would be impeached for the crime of winning the 2016 election since roughly, you know, like about that time. Yeah, about three hours after he won it. This is what the, what the goal was. And so I think it would be more likely that Democrats, Democrat members would suffer for doing impeachment at the expense of anything else than that they would suffer for impeachment. And I think a lot of people did elect some of those, you know, those transitional districts thinking people might get something done. Their legislative calendar has gotten nothing done except for things that help support President Trump, whether right. that's the new trade agreement with Mexico or other things like that. So I but I having said that, I think actually most of those districts will probably be safe for Democrats, um, unless you know, barring some unforeseen change. And some of them obviously are not safe, but we'll have to see. And you and you and you believe that even though uh, the trade deal is going to get farmers, uh, it's going to help them. You believe that even though uh, Democrats said uh, we won't worry about infrastructure, health care or, uh, you know, any of the other stuff that they had pledged to kind of work with him on when they came. I mean, that was their promise, right? So, in 18. Yeah. Of, of those of those districts that they flipped, some of them. You know, a good half dozen really are in danger. Trump won them by wide margins. The people who won them promised they would be moderate. And then they're, you know, here they are supporting impeachment or not stopping it. A lot of districts that Trump won, he won narrowly, which is probably enough to allow those those Democratic members who also won narrowly to keep their to keep their seats. You know, I I don't I'm it's not great for Democrats nationally certainly good for Donald Trump that he has managed this impeachment process without um, without giving the Democrats like a solid win. Yeah. But as far as the members themselves, people should keep expectations. Let's low. move to the IG stuff, because you've been all over that. And you you tweeted, I think it was a week or so ago, uh, that people owed people an apology that had uh, and I've seen you've seen the memes. I've seen the long Twitter threads of every captured meme of somebody that said, the uh, the the dossier had nothing to do with the IG report or with the uh, with the uh, FISA application. 
uh, and there were there were a lot of you that had it right, and you were ignored or, or shoved off to the side <laughs> in favor of these guys, and Comey was one of them, and he gets to go on TV yesterday and make mea culpa and just kind of be like, oops, my bad, all shucks. Well, first of all, I just think it's fascinating that in the lead up to this inspector general report for the weeks leading up and even for the first few hours after it came out the media and these people like comey you know they all kind of pushed this narrative that the ig report would be exonerating and comey himself put out an op-ed within minutes of the report coming out saying oh i'm so glad this report exonerates me it was obvious that this was spin because if you read the report every single page is full of just absolutely devastating information, even if it's put in those inspector general lawyerly terms. Um, it's just horrible. I mean, it's absolutely shocking the level of problems that this that this Department of Justice and FBI have had, at least. Um, and so now, now the tune is changing. Comey goes on TV and admits, oh, I guess there were, in fact, violations of this man's civil liberties while I was the FBI director. And Adam Schiff, who initially said, pretty much nothing about the IG report was admitting that, you know, he was wrong and Nunes was, I mean, he doesn't admit it in so many words, right. but that his, um, his colleague, Devin Nunes, who he, who he mocked and disparaged and leaked against the compliant media people. Well, it turns out Devin Nunes was 100% right in his warnings about FISA abuse, and Schiff was 100% wrong in defending the agencies he's supposed to be overseeing. So this is just... An interesting change from what they were saying even just a week ago, and it's a it's a good change, but nowhere near enough. I mean, I saw a headline saying Comey takes responsibility. I mean, technically those words came out of his mouth, but that's not actually true. He, you know, the only th- way he took responsibility was by getting fired yeah. by Donald Trump. Um, but he didn't even cooperate with the IG investigation in terms of, um, you know, getting Red back in and getting a security clearance so he could help out and whatnot. So he's. He's he exposed himself as quite the slippery man he is. Well, he we're he short on time, but let me let me ask you one last follow up on that. Um, bring the bring the focus of the lens a little bit closer to where you and I go to work every day. How did the media do, and what changes do you think need to happen in our industry based on what the truth about the IG report was? So last night, I just went and saw the Richard Jewell movie, which is about how the media and the FBI conspired to destroy Richard Jewell's life right. by falsely accusing him of bombing. New movie, yeah. It is so good. I highly recommend it. It's almost like it's about what we just were de- dealing with, with this last week. It's wow. sobering that these problems are so serious, but we need ha- we need accountability. These people need to face real punishment for what they did. So stupidly taking these leaks from from corrupt sources and not questioning them in any way or doing due diligence. It's a real scandal. It's disgusting. And it's, you know, it cannot continue. It's it's dangerous to to the health of the republic. And listening, friend, you know somebody who didn't do any of that? Molly Hemingway at The Federalist and thefederalist.com. You've got to read them. They are my competition in the print space, but I read everything they do. I have all other people on the show. I'm so proud of what they're doing. And, Molly, uh, thanks again. Uh, by the way, if you've not gotten her book on the uh, on the Kavanaugh episode, you should. It is the, it is the authoritative uh, edition of what happened there, uh, Justice on Trial, the Kavanaugh Confirmation, and the Future of the Supreme Court. She co-wrote it with Carrie Severino, who also knew a bit, or, uh, a, a bit about the legal process uh, with the two of them together. It is really a, uh, an amazing uh, number, and I just want to strongly recommend that for everybody. Molly, I always appreciate your time. Thank you. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. 
ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com. 